I keep a box of red wine in my cheese grater cabinet. And, my cheese grater yeah. cabinet. Yeah. My cheese grater and my box wine in here. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of other things in there too, but you know. <laughs> no, this is only for boxed wine and cheese grater. <laughs> are listening to pomegranates and pitchforks we are a horror and true crime podcast where we bring true stories and not so true stories together in beautiful and disturbing harmony i'm alexandria young ray with my lovely co-host sunshine bill on howdy y'all what's up so we're doing vampires today is there anything we want to deal with up top oh my episode's out Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, um, I saw that on Remedial Sex. That picture of you was really pretty. When did you get that taken? Uh, Like a year or two ago. It was like a professional headshot for lawyer shit. I didn't realize lawyers needed headshots. That's oh, my weird. God. Yeah. So, yeah. My episode is out. Well, okay. The first part is out. And then the next part will be out shortly after this episode comes out. Because they're nice. doing a back-to-back week just because it's big heavy. Yeah. Like you do. So, yeah. If you guys want to hear you go all talk about abortion, which I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> I mean, you know. Go and check them out. Considering some of the shit we talk about, I would be a little disappointed if people weren't able to. That's uh, true. That's true. Uh, uh, stomach you speaking on that subject. If, if you guys could sit through our sex offenders or our American terrorism, you can definitely sit through me talking about abortion. <laughs> yeah. Faux <laughs> show. And a couple of shout outs. Somebody left a really nice review. Uh, Princess Angst. And this is like, I literally don't know who this person is. This is like the second review that we've gotten where I just have no idea who that is. So thanks. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> super anonymous. I so love like, super literally anonymous. Literally a random person left a really nice review. So I appreciate it. And um, our friend Caroline upped her Patreon donation. <laughs> Because she loves Cause us. Because she loves us. So we owe that bitch a sticker. <laughs> yes. And, and then some. And then some. And speaking of Patreon, I finally actually put our fucking benefits up on our Patreon. So. Slacker. Yeah. Well, we didn't really have any patrons except for Caroline. So. So. Like, I wasn't really her. eager. But I finally, you know, while I was working on stuff, I put up Patreon stuff. And. So if you guys have been dying to know show notes, if you have, uh, that's basically the best we're going to get because I'm not so, getting a transcript. You know, as a language arts teacher, <laughs> outlines are a beautiful thing. I've spent, I feel like it's for the last month, I feel like that's all I've been working on with some students is just figuring out the value, like just understanding the value of an outline, let alone how to use one. Mm-hmm. I think your outlines are impeccable. Oh, thank you. And very much worth reading and very entertaining and a little bit humorous. So I definitely would encourage our listeners to like look into it. Because even just the, uh, you know, I, I guess I will have to become a Patreon donor if I want to see your outlines. <laughs> because I don't fucking see oh, your outlines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm down here at like plebe status. I get the, I get the, uh. I get the same shit as everybody else, but based on what I see, you guys, it's worth checking out. 
Yeah, so so Sunshine's outlines are the, uh, they're the less detailed outlines. They're basically the, like, here's what we're covering so that you don't get lost. And so that you can keep my ass on track. <laughs> um, no one to ask a question like, hey, you're deviating a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so so that's what Sunshine's outlines are are for. They, they are what we're going to talk about, but they're not all of the information. And then my outlines are just detailed as fuck versions of that. So all of the everything, all of the everything. So basically, if you just go to our Patreon and just check it out, you'll be able to see Sunshine's outlines. Basically, because something, something podcasting, I came across some arguments for having uh, transcripts, basically for neuroatypical or hard of hearing podcast listeners. Oh, cool, yeah. So that they can follow along, so that it's easier, especially in conversation format podcasts. And so I was like, well, I, you know, would like to be as, uh, like, available as possible, so... Yeah, accessible as possible. Yeah, so I can definitely put Sunshine's outlines on for free, but then, you know, my outlines, I mean, they're basically the show, and I put a lot of work into them, so there is a paywall, technically, but it is a dollar a month, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's really manageable, everyone. Yeah, so if you really, really want to see the the detail, detail notes, it's it's not particularly expensive, Um, and yeah, I decided to put that up because... I wanted to be more accessible to less able-bodied people. <laughs> yeah, that's totally appropriate. So yeah, that's our Patreon update. And we haven't actually made our something-something-do-minisodes goal yet. But because it is the, the, the month of the gay, and it is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, we decided to do a minisode that we're going to put on our Yay, Patreon. Minisode. And that's another one of those, like, literally you only have to donate a dollar a month to get access to. And if we start getting more patrons, we will start doing more minisodes. So look out for that. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's um, way more housekeeping than most people actually want to listen to. So let's talk about vampires. Let's talk about vampires. Let's. My, I have one like really important question before we like get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I and it's to um. Answer your question. It's uh, how how much are we going to be discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh my god, Caroline literally asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, I was talking. You know, I went to her birthday, <laughs> and. I for oh I think I was being like Caroline, you're such a wonderful baby for being a patron. And and she was like, blah, 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 vampires, because that was our most recent episode was the proto vampires, the goddesses. Yeah. And she was like, I will be so mad at you if you don't bring up Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So, obviously, that's going to be a lot more modern, but I guess we can just keep dropping Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Every I time mean, we like, talk about vampires. I can't even begin to think about vampires without at least spending a little time thinking about uh buffy and angel and spike because <laughs> <laughs> those were really the only people on that show i cared about ever <laughs> there was some gay shit on there that was you know oh yeah you were into that i know important for reasons <laughs> <laughs> important for reasons 
Happy Pride, everyone! <laughs> but, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, so that's our Buffy quota for this episode. Not that I'm avoiding Buffy, just that we are doing... We are still in the ye old. Not that I'm avoiding Buffy. I'm not. I'm not. I would never avoid Buffy. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry. We can get back on track. No, we're good, the, we're good. Um, ye olde. So, ye olde. Yeah. But, you know, as we do with most monster episodes, we're gonna start with some... Of the... What is this shit? Part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is this what shit? What is this shit? So, we're gonna start with what a vampire do. And and what is that? What do vampires what, do? What what else? a vampire do? So like you know what is a vampire? What what makes something a vampire? And this is especially important to differentiate because we did recently come off of a zombie episode. Yes. And so zombies are undead that eat people. And vampires are undead that eat people. Right, but vampires are pretty. Okay. Maybe. Maybe, sometimes. Depending. That's a very recent take on it, though. Yeah. So. So I would I would argue, and I don't know if I put this in your outline or just my outline, but basically, blood-sucking, I stuck three stars next to. <laughs> yes, that's in my outline. Okay. Because basically... The big thing that makes a vampire a vampire and not anything else and not anything else is the blood sucking or at least in modern renditions because obviously we're going to get into old stuff that's it's and then, called a different thing. The other thing that I always think of when I think of zombies that I never think of when I think of vampires and, and maybe I'm just missing something is the body like you know, like zombies, their body continues to decompose, right? And they kind of like fall apart. That in older stories of vampires, they still have the weird, it's a, it's a different version of that weird rotting. Mm -hmm. But so like they wouldn't be nearly as rotted as maybe your zombies would be, but there is absolutely still like a rotting component to vampires. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> And that's actually, that's the next part, was uh, they're undead, mm -hmm. but they don't decompose at a normal rate. Right, it's like really slow. However, in ye older lore, they tend to be bloated and flush with a dark red or purple color from drinking blood. Weird. Which is a little corpse-like if you're thinking about some of the zombie lore that we went into. Yeah, that's true. And then in more modern lore, there's something of a reverse decomposition that kind of keeps the body young and fresh. But that's yeah. kind of Victorian plus, you know? Okay, so it was Victorian era when vampires started being like, sexy. Join me and you'll be young forever. Yeah. And suck blood. And yeah. Although, you know, when we were talking about the goddesses, there was some sexiness in the goddesses. So. Yeah. But, you know, we're basically between the goddesses and then like Victorian era. We're taking a big break for not sexy. <laughs> okay. No, oh dear. That's like half the fun. I'm sorry. The other half of the fun is still really fun, though, I promise. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> and then, even in modern lore, and this is kind of like a neat thing that we'll eventually get back into, mm -hmm. but there's this concept of Nosferatu, right? Yeah. And that 
basically you have Dracula that was Bram Stoker kind of made what we think is a vampire with Dracula. Right. And then they couldn't get the rights to produce Dracula. So they made Dracula, but with an ugly vampire and called it Nosferatu. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's basically what Nosferatu is. And I have seen Nosferatu a million times and it is fun and delightful. It's like a 1920s black and white. Yeah, yeah. Ye fucking old. Mm -hmm. And really, really, really modern. I mean, like last 20 to 40 years, I think that Mm -hmm. some people have kind of recreated the vampire lore where... You do the vampire thing where you're young and sexy forever, but then mm-hmm. when you've been around for ages, like thousands of years, your body starts doing like a weird do- decomposition and you become a Nosferatu. Right. Yeah. You start to become like a monster. Yeah. Like more monster. thing. Yeah. I feel like that happened in True Blood. Maybe. I think that happened in I True Blood. I haven't seen the like the later episodes. I had the first season. Yeah. I don't really actually know how far I got, but I, I watched, I think several seasons and got far enough that I think that happened. Yeah. And I mean, like, even in, like, What We Do in the Shadows, which was just a comedy New Zealand, yeah. you know. I love What We Do oh in the God, Shadows. Oh my God, it's so funny. It's so great. But, like, they have, like, the sexy young vampires that are, like, a hundred years old, and then you've got this, like, thousands years old vampire that's a Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I, I feel like that's kind of become a modern lore. Which is really mm-hmm. cool because that was actually just like weird copyright bullshit. Right, that's funny. <laughs> so that's super funny. So it's kind of it's kind of cool when you can have access to the direct politics that creates these these things. And, yeah, that's way interesting. And yeah, that's definitely modern. So we're gonna get back Ooh. into it in a thousand, two thousand years from now. But <laughs> <laughs> and then like another really important thing is active at night and or being sunlight averse right i would say that those are like your big vampire things yeah that's true too because like werewolves are active at night but Mm -hmm. they're not sunlight averse yeah they don't have like a it's the like blah 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 moonlight yeah it's not sunlight hurts me and then i've never really heard anything that says zombies can't be out during the daytime no i've never and like most of your zombie flicks literally have zombies during the daytime yeah they do huh yeah i also i don't know why i didn't put this in my notes but (laughs) self-awareness right that's the thing zombies they're intelligent right vampires do what they want to yeah they have a bloodlust they're driven by Mm -hmm. but other than that i mean that's just like a compulsion like they have control Mm -hmm. they have their own mental faculties yeah mental faculties that's a good way because like you know zombies like kind of have that definitive characteristic of being brain dead yeah whereas like the educated vampire is very much a victorian like sexy suave right but just being you know in control of your faculties like a lot of the vampires are just like evil spirits that have possessed a body Mm-hmm. But, like, they they are there with the intention to wreak havoc on the living. Like, they are smart enough to be trickerous and, and evil. Right, and to have an intention, even? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I would also put that in the important section. I don't, I don't yeah. know why I didn't put that in there. 
So we've got a long list of less important traits. It starts with an aversion to garlic. That is not always present, but it is around. And at the bottom of this, I have, it's a screenshot from one of the YouTube videos yes. that I found on this. So I'm going to have to find that YouTube video again so that I can actually properly cite it. But it basically shows like where different things was important. Yeah. And so it's got oh, like... Oh, I'm so bad at European geography. Where's garlic? So garlic, it looks like um, just northeast of Italy. That's going to be like... It's it's like Eastern Europe, but like the middle of it. So I think like Bulgaria and then like Croatia and like that area. Okay. I mean, okay. So when we're, if we're being totally frank, like a ton of the like, this is vampire is Europe, uh-huh. is Eastern European. Right. So a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about in this is a bunch of random weird Eastern European shit. Mm-hmm. That I'll kind of get into later, but not as in detail, because a lot of this is that, if that makes sense. I think... I said some words. (laughs) Are you saying a lot of what... uh... A lot of the Eastern European stuff is me going through the less important traits. Oh, okay. I see. so, So basically, most of these less important traits, keep in mind, it's probably an Eastern European... Belief. Belief. Or superstition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the aversion to garlic is Eastern European. Okay. Um, can't see reflection in mirrors. I think that one's a more modern one. Mm-hmm. As well as doesn't cast a shadow. Right. That one I think is more modern. And aversion to Catholic shit or, or Christian shit in general, like holy water, crucifixes, rosaries, that stuff. Yeah. And or not being able to step on consecrated ground. I would assume that all would be older, right? Well, that one's probably older-ish. Maybe like in the 500s to thousands area. Okay. Because that's when the Catholic Church really became a big deal, right? Yeah. So that's probably when you start getting the vampires can't deal with consecrated shit. Right, okay. So this is be kind of blowing out of my ass but i assume that that's around when that started popping up right that makes sense uh can't enter a home unless invited is not always important but it, it usually is right and it's, yeah it's, it's usually like a, a minor plot point mm-hmm. right and all the things and I, I i heard one theory that that was basically the oldest version of stranger danger don't invite strangers into your house because they might be vampires. Oh, that makes sense. Like, which I think is a really cool, cool theory. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I like I like that a lot. They can't cross a body of water. That's weird. That one's me. a weird one. I don't think that that's really translated into modern. I think that's an older one. Yeah, I don't think that's translated into modern at all. Um, can turn into animals, most commonly a bat or a wolf. See, I've never heard of a vampire turning into a wolf. That seems like a uniquely werewolf trait. I think and that that's... vampires and werewolves are always pits, so shown as being very different, even before the whole Twilight thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's still a modern thing, but I think that the can turn into a wolf is that mm-hmm. Eastern European witch thing. Because remember how we were talking about it was an Eastern European witch or sorcerer the witches for bitches guy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. His thing yeah. was that he could turn into a wolf. And we were using yeah. that as a werewolf example. Yeah. But it's kind of also a vampire example. A vampire example. Because ye old, like Eastern really, Europe. really ye old <laughs> European or Eastern European vampires were yeah. usually witches and sorcerers. Right. That makes sense. So, yeah. Usually it's a bat. Ooh. And that's a little bit more modern is the bat thing. Ish. And we don't get to talk about Vlad the Impaler today? Not yet. We're only talking about <sighs> bullshit. <laughs> okay. There yeah, is okay. so much to get into. Yes, Vlad I know. Vlad the Impaler isn't for another 14 centuries. <laughs> and we're still on the first page. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I mean, we could skip the old stuff and get to the new stuff, but... No, 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 I'm not stuff. saying... <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. Um... Some have hypnotic effects on mortals. Yes. I think... That again would... Oh, sorry. Oh, I just that's again falling into the... That relates to the more modern mm-hmm. interpretation of them being, like, so charming. Yeah. It's, like, hypnotizing. Yeah. I think that the whole, like, hypnotizing... Like, charming hypnotizing is very modern. But mm-hmm. I imagine that there was still some, like, weird effects, blah, 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 in the older stories. Right. But just in a very, very different way. Well, it would have to come from somewhere. Right. Um, the curse spreading by bite. Yes. Or allowing the victim to drink blood from the vampire. That's very Anne Rice, that second one. Oh, yeah. But it's not the only. Like, she's not the only one that has that. But right, I thought that was just the thing, is that if you bit somebody that weren't going to be a vampire, you they had to, like, turn around and drink from you, too, or else they were just, like, used. Was that not always the case in vampire lore? Mm-mm. No. Hmm. In fact, the curse spreading by bite is a somewhat modern. Oh, really? Yeah. That one, usually it was like, well, we'll get into that in some of the other stories, but curse spreading by bite was very rare in old, old stories. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, this one's my favorite. So <laughs> mustard seed was spread on roos- oh, rooftops yes. or the ground because a vampire couldn't cross the seeds without having to count each one. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like I remember you telling me about that in like, high school or something. Like, it's been your so favorite forever. <laughs> I love it so much. It's like, damn it, now I gotta count all these fucking seeds. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get that guy. <laughs> and... um this can also be done with a bag of salt, bird seed, or sand. If you spread it on the ground, the vampire has to stop to count it. They're just so OCD, it's not Which even going to happen. makes me laugh. <laughs> That's like, where would that even come from? Like, what I kind of a lesson or moral no would that be imparting? Yeah. Like, that one's definitely that? one of the weird Eastern European ones, but I have no idea what made that a thing. Compulsive demons. Compulsive counting. Yeah. Because because demons really like counting. Oh my <laughs> right? god. Count from Sesame Street. Do you think <laughs> One, that's where that's uh, from? Uh, uh I real let's I mean, let's decide that's where that's from. Sesame Street using Ooh, count uh, 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 for for the count is definitely from the mustard seed lore and not because count is count. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's because of mustard seeds. <laughs> because of mustard seeds. One mustard seed. Ah, ah, ah. Imagine how long that would take. Oh, man. You'd have so much time to get away. You would absolutely get away from that vampire. It's a good thing that the Count, like, 
on Sesame Street only had to count to small numbers because mm-hmm. that was painful enough to watch as a kid. True. <laughs> Sorry. Not mustard seed level counting. <laughs> so the next one is also, it's also fun in its own way. So the use of a stake through the heart. Now mm-hmm. it can be iron or wood. It depends on the region. And this okay. is to kill or stop a vampire. So what most likely is what started with this was that people were staking the body of a potential vampire into the ground Mm. so that it couldn't leave the grave. Crazy. And they would usually stake the chest because that's like the core of the body. Right. And so if you stake through the chest, they can't get up. That's so creepy. Now, if you find all other, like, weird burial grounds, and and we'll probably not get into it this episode, but, like, we'll probably get into it at some point. Mm -hmm. There are these old burial grounds where you find bodies that have been staked, like, at the pelvis or at, like, the wrists and ankles. Crazy. And basically people think that those were vampires. Or that people were worried that they were vampires. That people thought that those were vampires. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so basically what most likely happened was you have these people staking bodies into the ground and they were staking them in the chest. Mm -hmm. And that became, oh, if you stake a vampire in the heart, it kills it. Right. And then the wooden stake becomes an iron stake later on because of the folklore surrounding the magical powers of iron's ability to deter evil. I had no idea there was folklore about ma- uh, the magical ability of iron. Really? Fairies. Yeah. What? I don't know. Really? Uh-oh. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. I guess I'm the fairy one here. Yes. <laughs> and, okay, we're almost through the traits. So, vampires also being able to be killed with fire. Mm-hmm. Which is also a thing for zombies. Zombies. And ghouls. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, a lot of things can be killed with fire. That, was, that one makes a lot of sense. True. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly a, an uncommon thing. Um, ways to tell if a person may become a vampire later include a child born with an extra nipple. Oops. And a child born with a cleft palate. Mm-hmm. Or a child born in call. Which is, that's which, when they're backwards, right? No, no. That's breach. Oh, Yes. In call is when they still have the amniotic sac around them. Oh. Which, again, the witches for bitches guy was born in call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, oh, he's going to be a sorcerer when he grows up. Right. So, yep. again, that's kind of one sense. of those like, weird Eastern European like translations. Right. I mean, so I think... Yeah, it's lore that talks about this, about how, like, vampire lore is just so old and mixed. He, he referred to it as deep and twisted roots. Yes. And how lovely. I honestly can't think of a better way to describe vampire lore. Because basically every culture has been w- making weird myths about the dead since, yeah. since we were consciously aware of our dead. <laughs> yeah. And so... We have a lot of weird lore from every place ever, and some of it became vampires, and some of it just sort of stayed its own thing. Yeah. Or became werewolves, you know? Or, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just kind of like, 
even though, you know, we were thinking, like, there'd be some zombie vampire crossover, there's apparently also some fucking vampire werewolf crossover. And potentially vampire everything crossover. Yeah, there's vampire everything crossover. Which makes sense. Yes. Okay. So, um, I don't think this is just a German thing, but it, but it was specified in one of the sources that I found, but Germans mm-hmm. would remove the head and place it between the dead's legs. Weird. As, like, a oh. way to deal with the vampire. Hmm. And then some bodies were buried face down. This mm-hmm. isn't just Germany. This is probably mostly Eastern Europe, but you also go anywhere for this. Um, and the idea of burying them face down was so that when they awake, or if they awake... They will attempt to dig further down as opposed to dig up and out of the grave. Because you can't feel gravity when you're dead. <laughs> I mean, you can't, but. I mean, you get kind of confused and disoriented when you wake up in a coffin. Yeah, yeah. Which will kind of come up later. <laughs> Other ancient burial sites contain bodies with large rocks or bricks shoved into the mouth. Oh, dear. And some so large and so fiercely shoved as to break the jaw or teeth. Ooh. So that was one of those weird ways of dealing with vampire. Wow. So let's do a short break for etymology. Okay. Most Slavic languages have some ancient word that is similar to the word vampire. Okay. So Bulgarian, Macedonian, Bosnian, and Croatian have the word vampire. Just without the E. Mm-hmm. Other Slavic languages have variations like upir or ubir. Mm-hmm. One likely possibility is that the word originates from the Turkish uber, meaning mm-hmm. witch. Okay. Then passed into the Hungarian vampir, without the E. Mm-hmm. And then through French into the word we know today, vampire. Interesting. Okay. You know what's interesting about Hungarian is it's a completely own, like, uh... It doesn't share roots with any other European language. See, that's what's kind of weird about, like, a lot of a lot of the etymology with, like, the Eastern European stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, you've got the Slavic languages that I don't really know what their root is, but it's not Latin or ro- uh, it's not Romantic and it's not Germanic. Yeah. They're, they're their own thing. But, like, Romania, which is where a ton of the vampire lore comes from, is yeah. actually a Latin language. Yeah. So, the the like not just like the way that it transported, but like what it transported through. You're like, damn, this is some fucking crazy right. etymological wonders. Mm-hmm. So etymology is dope. So that was that was a quick. Now, <laughs> this is me kind of cheater cheater pumpkin eatering. Uh huh. No, it's not. I just this doesn't need to be in here, but it's fun, so I put it in here. Yeah. Real vampires. Sort of. Sort of. Vampire bats. So there are three kinds of vampire bats, all native to the Americas. The common vampire bat feasts on mammals, while the hairy-legged and white-winged vampire bats feast on birds. Okay. They only feed at night, and unlike, like, bug-eating, insect-eating vampire bats, they only- vampire bats. Unlike bug-eating- bats (laughs) bats <laughs> they emit only low energy sound pulses okay so they don't do the like screech echolocation thing oh that okay 
the insect eating bats use to literally find bugs in the air. Yeah, which is dope. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, but they do use thermoception to identify a warm spot on their prey to bite. That's cool. Which is which is pretty cool because like. We technically have the ability to feel like heat, gen like in a directional way, but not like not that. Not like that. No, not like that on the <laughs> yeah. level. That is basically like vampire bats and like snakes. We can tell which window <laughs> like the extra sunlight is coming yeah. from. Yeah. Like by feel. Like, oh yeah, that window's roasting me. I gotta move. Yeah. Whereas but, like, like <laughs> you found a mammal and you can use thermoception to find like the best the spot best to vein. bite. Like, that's some cool shit. <laughs> yeah. And then the way that they feed is they bite a little nick in the skin and then lap up the blood. They lap it up. Ooh. Which is actually kind of cute. I think vampire bats are really cute. I don't know if I'm broken, but I do think that they're really cute. I think bats are really cute. I, I think, think I have bats, bats are really here. Cute. I've, I'm definitely pro the idea of having bat boxes and stuff, I although everyone bats. keeps telling me I shouldn't have them on like my house so they don't try and get into my attic, that I should put them out in the tree. So like, I guess I'll do that. Put them in the tree. But yeah, no, bats are great. Especially, like, we're North America enough that you don't have vampire bats here. No, we just have we bug have bats. Bud, we have bug-eating bats. And I need some bug-eating bats. <laughs> and motherfucker, they the eat so bad. many mosquitoes. Yes. <laughs> and if there was a single thing that I could cause to go extinct, mosquitoes. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, another thing are lampreys. And lampreys are a kind of jawless fish with a circular toothed mouth used for gnawing and sucking for food. Ew. They're horrible. I mean, okay. I used to think they were kind of cute because like lamprey. So, okay. There's 38 living species of lampreys and five extinct. And of those 38 living, only 18 are blood sucking. Okay. So most of them are the kind that go on the side of your fish tank and, you know, suck algae off of the wall. Oh, lampreys are algae eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, so I've got a, I've got a picture that I kind of just took a bunch of Google images and shoved yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. And so, you know, you've seen that weird teeth shape. No, because I always had a placostomus and those are different. Those are like more like catfish. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've are never seen anything lampreys? that looks like this. No, those aren't. Oh, those are different. Okay, I know what you're talking about. That's weird that they're so different. I think that they might be a similar, like a similar species. They're just like different. Oh yeah, Placostomus or sucker mouth catfish. Those are not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no, you're right. Because they do have a jaw. Whereas lampreys really are just like this weird circle. Yeah, they're mouth. just like a, a I mean, tube as you can see from creature. the other pictures that I put, they're, they're yeah. like full on a circle mouth. Yeah, they don't have dorsal fins or anything. They're just... Yeah, they're... I mean, so... This is something I didn't put in my outline, but was a thing that I learned about while I was researching them. In a lot of, like, languages, like, I think even, like, like from Germany to, like, Japan, their Mm -hmm. word for lamprey was, like, nine-eyed fish or eight-eyed eel. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Um, you can see it on, on the sides of them. The dots. Yeah. There are these weird dots and those are their gills. Weird. And so you count the eye, you count all of these gills and you've got way more eyes than there should be. And then they just sort of look like weird ass eels. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, um, 
you know, before we were really properly, like, stuck, like, sticking stuff into, like, DNA, genus, family, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We were like, well, I guess that's a fucking weird monster eel. <laughs> yeah, that's just, a, yep. It's a weird monster eel. It's a weird Got monster eel. Um, so, the parasitic carnivorous lamprey use their teeth to bore into other fish and then suck oh. their blood. Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures of fish with those, like, sticking out. They've got, yeah, and then when you pull them off, there's, like, literally, like, a fucking red hole. Where yeah. the So, like, so, like, it, it kind of just sort of takes a chunk out and then sucks the blood. So it's not really a meat eater, but it, it really does take a chunk out. Whereas, like, your vampire bats, they, they just sort of nip a hole and then lap up yeah. the blood. And then... Um, no, a lamprey would just stay there forever until its host died, wouldn't it? I'm not. I think they might actually. Lampreys are little fuckers. So, what's most likely uh, the origin of the name lamprey is mm-hmm. a Latin word for rock liquor. Rock liquor, <laughs> which brings me a lot of dumb joy. <laughs> but but yeah, lamprey are ugh, a little bit the grossest. Ew, and I'm sorry, I'm looking at pictures of lampreys, and there's always pictures of, like, people letting lampreys bite and suck on them. Like, what the fuck? I mean, the next one is leeches. The next yeah. thing that we're going to talk about. And that's a thing that people do. But there's even one that just, like, some of them just look so normal, and it's, it's just so weird. And for some reason, the lamprey bothers me more than, The lamprey kind of bothers me a lot more than leeches, if I'm yeah. being totally honest. Because it's like... Bugs bite you and suck your blood, and that's a thing that we've always known. But it's weird. Yeah, that is just a person with a lamprey on their arm. Yeah, she's also, like, oh, it's chill. lamprey have like those awful like mouth teeth. I mean, everybody has yeah. mouth teeth, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Circular, crazy. Yeah, like okay. Have you ever seen James and the Giant Peach? Yes. Do you remember the mechanical shark? Yes. That's what I think of when I see the lamprey. It's just all that, of those fucking awful yep. teeth, just in a circle. I just, it, it's gross, and I don't like it, and I also really don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's all these pictures. And their at teeth are like these little spiky, now. like, they're all canines. Yeah. I just don't like them at Ooh. all. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I'm seeing, like, pictures of, like, full-size, like, big-ass trout-style fish with, like, yeah. two lampreys and on. Then, and then, yeah, they, like, they full-on take a chunk out of you, whereas leeches do not take a chunk. <laughs> so, so let's get into yeah. leeches. Yeah, let's move on from these bastards. I don't know why, but I kind of think leeches are cute. Yeah, I don't know why either. <laughs> but, so, leeches are worms. That are either parasitic or predatory. Although most okay. are only par- parasitic. Okay. And the difference is, you know, the parasitic ones will, like, latch on and drink blood, and then, you know, their Right, their host like, needs to be alive host. for a point. Yeah. Whereas the predatory ones will find something small enough that they can just eat it whole. And they'll just eat it. Okay. So most of the predatory leeches will find, like, snails or, or um, slugs or stuff, or other worms. Mm-hmm. And they'll just... <laughs> Eat it whole. Crazy. I want which to see that. Which is pretty nuts. Which is pretty fucking nuts. I want to see a nuts. worm suck up another worm. You can totally find... <laughs> you can find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I guess. there. It's out there. I saw some pictures. It was pretty wild. Wow. So... I typed in leech eating and it auto-filled to leech eating worm. Nice. 
And yeah, it's basically a worm going around another worm. It is very, very strange. Yeah, I just, I'm currently about to view <laughs> a, a BBC video. Oh my god. Like, you know those, um, those weird, what am I thinking of? They're the jelly things that you put in your hand and they keep falling out because they're like in yeah. on themselves. Those weird water baby things? Yeah, that's what I think of. <laughs> it's pretty fucking wild, isn't it? It's happening so quickly. Like, it just doesn't it, like, make sense. It slid down, like, it was, like, feeling it out, like, it slid down the length of its body to find the end. It was like, ooh, this is a worm. And then it got to the end and just... Yep. I mean, they are good at the suck. That's what she said. (laughs) That may or may not have been what I was going for. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So most species of leeches have a sucker at both ends, which Mm -hmm. is kind of how they climb or move. Yeah, that's the video that I... Yeah. Where the where the worm goes in the other worm and you're like what in the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How how Right, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and like, you know, it really is just a worm eat a worm. But it just eat the whole worm. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the end of it right now and ew, it's squirting out a little blood and like what did I just watch? It didn't even look like it kind of looks like a sphincter outside of a body. Yeah. Eating, I guess, a worm. <laughs> I guess a worm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does look like some sort of sphincter or something. I think that's what I makes mean, me so uncomfortable. Especially, like, the parasitic. It's a piece of anatomy. Leeches that, like, are these big red tubes. They kind yeah. of look like sphincters. Yeah, or wieners. <laughs> sphincter says what? so yeah that's that's the fucking crazy uh predatory leeches most are parasitic though leeches exist in eastern europe right like Um, bat vampire bats yeah yeah, leeches exist like no vampire bats because those are native to america vampire bats are the only ones that are like only americas but vampires are pretty much everywhere and leeches are pretty much everywhere right so there's enough evidence like okay people could have gotten the idea for blood-sucking monsters from nature yeah. Also, I think that this is kind of an interesting, like, like, like vampire bats was definitely, we discovered bats that did this and then named them right. after the creature. And so I kind of think that it's one of those, like, nature and myth interacting where, like, oh, maybe sure. we got some of the myth from the creature, but maybe mm-hmm. some of the myth influenced how we interpret the creature. Oh, for sure. Definitely. You know? I think more so for the vampire bat than anything else. Definitely the vampire bat is a really great example of that. But there's definitely some stuff that you... So so I'll get into the leeches. I really like the leeches stuff because I don't know why. I find them very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Okay. Most leeches have a sucker at both ends. We talked about that. That's how they mm-hmm. move. They, they like, do the, like, inchworm thing, but it's with a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... I don't know. I think it's cute. I don't know why I think it's cute. I'm broken. Um, and most parasitic leeches have a jaw that contain three sharp blades in the shape of a Y. And I posted, they're, they're way yeah, too yeah, microscopic yeah. to just see. I posted a picture of a leech leached onto a window so that you can yeah. see that you kind of can't see. And then I posted like kind of the mic- microscopic like art of it where yeah. you can see the little, the little blades. Uh-huh. And, um... They use that to, like, cut into their host, and then their mouth kind of, like, sucks on, mm-hmm. and the leech secretes uh, hyridin, mm-hmm. which is an anticoagulant, 
through their saliva into the host. So it's kind of like how mosquitoes do the thing, only it doesn't make it itchy. It makes it anticoagulant. Right. And that makes it so that the leech can just super easy feed. Just just sit there. Suck, 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 suck. I just, I'm, I just am getting uncomfortable thinking about leeches. There are people that have pet leeches. Ew. And they like feed them off themselves. Ew. You definitely can't donate blood when you've been doing that recently. No. (laughs) So feeding can take from 20 minutes to a couple hours. And after the leech has satisfactorily gorged itself and they will literally get fat, um, it will just release and fall off naturally. And there's very, very little risk to either you or the leech, if that's how you kind of let it happen. Right? If you just let it hang out on you until mm-hmm. it's However, full. And how long do you say it can take? It, it can take from 20 minutes to a couple hours. Oh. Usually it only takes 20 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, then the wound will continue to bleed for quite a while. Because it had anticoagulant up in there. So you can, you you can get a leech off of you before it's done by, you you can take like a flat thing Mm -hmm. to break the seal and kind of gently push the leech off of you. And that's kind of how they recommend you do that. You can also rip it off or like antagonize it to fall off with like fire or something like that. Yeah. That is super not advised because A, it could break the little blades that the leech used to get into you and it could break off in you and that injures both you and the leech. Right. And if you do that, the leech might regurgitate the contents of its stomach back Back into the wound. Right. Which increases your chances of infection, increases your chance of pathogen transmission. I mean, they are bloodsuckers, so if there's a bloodborne disease that they got up in them, they're going to put that in you if they throw up in you. So don't just pull the leech off. <laughs> if you get don't a leech on yourself, ever. either very, very gently break the seal or just let it finish <laughs> in or case you ever get finish. a leech on you. <laughs> Now, if I get a leech on me, it's going to come out of this thousand dollar leech jar. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Fucking Christ. This whole website's about like buying pet leeches and people writing testimonials about how they feed their leeches. And like, there are a lot of people that think they're really cute. (laughs) Yeah, but like cute enough to have a weird slime pet that you like regularly latch on. Like, that's a weird relationship, I think, to have with a pet. It's not that common. It's actually well, website so, makes it look common. So, well, I mean, th- their feeding is not that common. So um, a medicinal leech or a medical leech uh-huh. only needs to feed about twice a year. So basically you stick your hand in there and it's like mm, blood and it comes up and it sucks on you and you kind of hang out and like that's your day is like feeding your leech and then waiting for your wound to fucking stop bleeding. Literally, you wrap a pad around it <laughs> like a feminine hygiene product. To catch that yeah, blood while you're waiting for it to stop to I don't think I'd ever want a pet that I had to, like... I don't think I would either, but that's just because I like donating to? blood. Yeah, no, it's nothing to do with but that. But I kind it's of like a... the idea of having that relationship with your pet. Where you're like, literally, you live off of me. See, I feel like that's a really psychologically weird relationship to have with a pet. And I'm not I am a weird lady. <laughs> <laughs> but you must also... love me. I feed you my blood. Um, a, a part of it is that, like, 
one of the reasons that I know a lot of this, like, you know, some of this was found on Wikipedia and stuff, but some of this I know because I follow this, like, exotic animal YouTuber who's, like, Mm -hmm. been a zookeeper and is now, like, an educator of uh, exotic animals and, like, has a bunch of weird-ass pets in her house. Yeah. And one of her pets is... I think actually two. She has two leeches that are medical mm-hmm. leeches. Okay. And um, so she had a couple of videos on like how to care for and feed her leeches. And so like that's where are I Are they learned, like endangered? Like, Is there a reason you would want to be bringing them into your home and looking after them? Honestly, she literally thinks that leeches are cute. Okay, so you. All right. <laughs> you know, that that's who was talking about like if it regurgitates into you, it, you're going to get its pathogen. You know, also, I think I found something like that was a CDC website that was talking about if you get leeches on you, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, back in the old days, back in the ye old days when like bloodletting was really common, leeches were wicked common. However, medical leeches are still actually used for medicine, particularly because of the anticoagulant stuff. Okay. Like, like the, um, Hyridin, mm-hmm. which is their anticoagulant thing that they put into you. Mm-hmm. That is insanely useful for people who have a blood clotting disorder, which is, I don't remember what the disorder is caused, but it's basically literally the opposite of hemophilia. Right. They have too much blood clotting. Right. And so stuff like that is actually really helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I can definitely see how there could be applications like that. It just, the whole for a pet thing, I guess. It is very, very weird, but I I think they're really cool. So I kind of, I still don't think I would ever get a pet leech. Yeah. But I would absolutely not judge somebody. I would probably think they were pretty cool if they had a pet leech. Right, right. Humans, however, cannot live on blood. No. I think I think in your outline specifically I wrote humans are the big suck at suck. Yes, you did write that. Yes, they suck at sucking. Or they yeah. suck at sucking. So blood is toxic because of the high levels of iron. Oh, okay. So it's not just that like we don't have the anticoagulant thing, so it upsets our stomach. It's yeah. actually the high level of iron. Interesting. It upsets our stomach. Like have you ever taken an iron pill that was just too big? Uh, no. I don't really take iron that much. Okay. So, this is something that I discovered because I was anemic for about two seconds in college. Yeah. And I was taking iron pills, but they were just cheap iron pills. (laughs) I would take one, and then immediately, for about 15 minutes, I would be about to throw up. Yep. I've had that happen with vitamins before. Like, it was that water mouth, like, I'm going to throw up. Yep. And then it was fine. But basically, your body just can't handle that much iron. Right, that makes sense. And so, any any human being who regularly drinks blood runs the very real risk of developing hemochromatosis. Hemochromatosis? Which is an iron overdose. And that will cause damage to the liver and nervous system. Great. So, people suck at sucking blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, clearly. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. We, we went over the, the pictures that I posted. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So obviously, you know, the lampreys on the right are just a bunch of lampreys. One is f- swimming and there's two of like sucked onto a wall so you can really see those mouths. Yeah. 
And then we've got the leeches and the leech, like, picture. And then the bats on the upper left Mm -hmm. is a common vampire bat. And then to the right is a white-winged and bottom is a hairy-legged. Hairy leg. Which I love. (laughs) Yes. And the last two eat birds. 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 Lovely. Enjoy your birds. Those are the the real things that are vampiric. You want to just do the physical explanations part and then call it a pause? That might be a good idea. it's getting kind of late. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. We can have this be a real long series. Yay! (laughs) Mini vampire! (laughs) Mini vampire, good time, yes. Mini vampire. All right. Well, then let's get into the physical explanations. Yes, let's. Physical explanations get a little wonky because there's a bunch of different kinds of lore with the different kinds of people eating undead that aren't zombies. Okay. <laughs> and and so there's a bunch of different causes for those different things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it basically it just means that there's a lot more than just one or two diseases that are the obvious cause, right? Right, exactly, okay. Like, with werewolves, we basically found that, like, schizophrenia, um, hypertrichosis, rabies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? We were like, damn, we made a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> but this has a lot more and a lot more nuance. Right, that makes sense. Because we're talking about... Myths from a lot larger... Yeah, just everything, I mean, everything, everything. Uh, dipping from a much larger pool here. Yes, yeah. Because, you know, evil spirits and undead and just plain... Why is the dead so spoopy? <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of a lot of lore. So let's start with our first cause. And we have porphyria. What is porphyria? So porphyria, I'm going to try to make sense of this. This is a blood disorder relating mm-hmm. to problems with the heme production. Okay. So heme is a staple porphyrin of hemoglobin. Okay. Which carries oxygen in the blood. Right. I don't know what porphyrin is, but I understand what hemoglobins are and that that's a part of it. So, okay. So porphyrins are a type of molecular organic compound that's notable mostly for their shape. Mm -hmm. They are aromatic, meaning circular. Okay, great. Instead of aromatic, meaning Scented. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um, and then also their color. They they are very deeply colored. Okay, very red. Um, porphyrin is named for the Greek word uh, porphyra, meaning mm-hmm. purple. Oh, okay. Which is kind of interesting. So, so does that make sense? Basically, they're like a weird organic compound that yeah, is yeah. circular. So yeah. they're really good at holding shit. Okay. Like hemoglobin holds oxygen. Right, okay. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So so the heme porphyrin binds with iron, thus the red color. Yeah. And it's vital in oxygen carrying. Right, that makes sense. And heme comes from the word from the Greek word hyma, meaning blood. Right. So so that's a little bit of like the scientific what the fuck are we even talking about? Yes. So what is porphyria? 
So porphyria is the buildup of chemicals that produce porphyrins. Okay. So porphyria is essentially, but not quite, having too much blood. Right, you have too much of the stuff to make hemoglobins. Yeah, so you have a buildup of heme, and it causes weird problems. Okay. So acute porphyria affects the nervous system, which can be, like, the big suck. It can Mm -hmm. cause seizures and disorientation and pain and sickness and paralysis in extreme cases. And all the things you'd imagine would come from something that attacks the nervous system. Right. So it's pretty shitty. Cutinous porphyria affects the skin. Okay, that makes sense. This leads to a series of symptoms. But most notable is it affects the color of your skin. And you get a severe sensitivity to sunlight. Oh. Also, because of the nature of the too much heme. Yeah. Some people with porphyria have extra redness in their skin, their mouth, their teeth, their eyes, their nose. Interesting. Which reminded me of rats. So when we had rats, you know, if they were upset or if they were sneezing or just, they would occasionally, this red stuff would come out of their nose. And I remember when we were with the vet one time, we were like, hey, is this a problem? And they were like, oh, no, that's just porphyrin. Oh, okay. It's a thing that they produce to kind of scare away predators by making it look like they're sick, by making it look that they're like they're bleeding all over themselves. Uh-huh. And so it would come out of their eyes or their nose if they were really upset. Interesting. So now I understand what porphyrin is. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right. Cool. For anybody that has rats and is like, what the fuck is this weird red shit? Why is my rat nose? crying blood? <laughs> it's fine. They're probably fine. <laughs> They're probably just scared. But yeah, that was a really cool thing to learn because I did have rats for a while. And yeah. I remember that being a thing. So porphyria is genetic. You either get, you know, one gene from one parent or two genes yeah. from both. And this may have led to areas of concentrated cases. Right, because there was so much, like, for so much of our history, that's been such a thing. It's like, that's how we have the Habsburg jaw. Like, people just had no idea how deeply they were fucking up by marrying their siblings and their cousins mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. And so, basically, in ye old Europe, you would get, you know, this... This would kind of stem to a belief in vampire covens. Right. You have a whole extended family with a high instance of porphyria. Yeah. yeah. They they all have this weird, like, blood teeth thing, and they're all completely unwilling to go out in the sun. <laughs> because it yeah. literally causes, like, blisters and scarring and shit. That's a family of vampires. Yeah, that's a family of vampires right there. Which is pretty cool. In a, like, I'm sorry that you have this disorder way, but, you know, kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> that you, yeah, from a long line of sister fuckers. Right? <laughs> I mean, Sucks at this point, it's no longer a sister fucking problem, but you oh, good. get a lot fewer cases of porphyria. That's good. I'm glad. I definitely don't mean to imply that all uh, instances of porphyria are a result of incest, although that's definitely what I said. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really what I meant. I definitely said that. That's not really what I meant. I I understand. No longer are you sister, sister fuckers. Yes, now no you're longer. Just a person with a gene. Yes. <laughs> so um, another option or another 
possible explanation is catalepsy and or being buried alive. What? So these are kind of related and I'll get into it. Okay. So catalepsy is usually not a disorder on its own. Mm-hmm. Like it's usually not just you have catalepsy. Usually it's okay. a symptom of another issue. Oh, okay. Uh, usually it's from something that affects the nervous system. Okay. So, uh, epilepsy, schizophrenia, cocaine withdrawal. Okay. Can cause catalepsy. So what happens is the body seizes and mm-hmm. becomes extremely rigid and the person experiences decreased sensitivity to external stimuli. Wow. So, um, this was something that I learned a lot about when I was doing like abnormal psych and was learning about schizophrenia mm-hmm. were uh, catatonic patients yeah. where they would just hold a position. Yeah. That was what was going on. They had catalepsy and it's, it's literally just your body seizing. It's very strange, but essentially you have this severe paralysis and they appeared to be dead. Yeah. And ye old physicians didn't have the tools or knowledge or, you know, or know better to, to figure it out, figure out that they weren't dead and the person would have been buried alive. Then they come out of their catatonic state. If they can dig their way out, it appears that the person has returned from the grave. Oh, that's so terrifying. Yeah. Now, the reason I tagged these together is because catalepsy would cause being, being buried, buried alive. alive. Yeah. But being buried alive was not a catalepsy only thing. It happened. Right. Often enough that we actually installed bells in coffins. That's what I was just thinking of was the bells in the coffins. <laughs> yeah. And there's that story, uh, you know, the campfire story of like, you hear a bell ringing and you're like, who's in there? And like, you know, it does say the person who's on the name of the grave, but you're like, I can't let you out because you've been dead for 20 years. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like that's, well, that's where these where the stories whole, come from. That's where the whole graveyard shift comes from too, right? Is the, uh... They had to have somebody who would walk around the after after a funeral. They had people. Oh, who, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, who worked at the cemetery at night so that you could just be sure. Yeah, yeah, and and you know this was this was common enough that like people literally invested in technology to make it so that somebody could not die after death. <laughs> yeah, not die <laughs> because know, somebody thought basically they were already safer dead. coffins. For safer the coffins. actually not dead, dead. Oh my god. <laughs> safer coffins for the undead. Or the safer not dead. coffins for the undead. Oh, that's such a good name for this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. See, look safer coffins for the undead. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think at least in one of our zombie stories, we had this story of we dug up a coffin and there were scratch marks on the coffin. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That, that was also... And, and we might get into some of those later when we're getting into the real stories. I haven't, like, totally written out that outline, so I could add some. Mm-hmm. But, you know, th- there are definitely stories of people come back from the dead because they were buried alive. Yeah, I don't like that and at so, all. And so you have this very, very real belief in the undead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's a lot of fun to me for some reason. No, it's way fun. It's fun. It is pretty cool. It's a cool thing. Yeah, I love it. It's terrifying, and I'm really glad that that's not a thing that we are that worried about anymore. But yeah, it's mostly fun. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, if we think you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. we're pretty so good cool. at telling. Basically, the brain has stopped functioning, and we're like, okay, we're good. We can put you down. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, I swear to God, if I'm not cremated. <laughs> Actually, I don't totally care what you do with my body. Just don't embalm me. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. I really don't want my body to become a toxic lump of toxicity. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a just a tragic. That's Yeah. That just feels like a really fucked up thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's almost just like, it feels almost like poetic justice, though, but not poetic justice that I want. <laughs> No, you know, live a life of a live a toxic existence on the planet, and then end in toxic, like become yeah, a toxic. Just continue to make the world a worse place. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, can't do it. So yeah, uh, for anybody listening, please don't involve me. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to go out like Thompson, just loaded into a giant cannon. Not terribly. Not terribly. But it would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another oddly common cause of the vampire myth is just the natural body decomposition. Really? So a lot of times when there's a story of a village finding a real vampire, Mm -hmm. they say that they exhumed the grave and found that the body was not as decomposed as it should have been. And the body seemed bloated with blood, you know, like it seemed bloated and it was red in color as if it had just gorged itself on blood, which we talked about in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes blood would even be coming out of the mouth. Right. And then sometimes, you know, if they cut open the body, there'd be like fresh blood in the organs. Yeah, but that's not what's going on. And also, uh, the body would appear to have hair and nail growth since death. So, things that seem to imply that the body was still wholly alive. Yeah. So, what happens, and and this was a really cool thing, I found, like, an article on, like, what happens with body decomposition, and that was weird and fascinating and very weird. No, I'm sure. (laughs) But, so, body decomposition begins immediately after the body dies. Yeah, of course. Essentially, the blood stops pumping oxygen through the system, and so the body starts self-digesting. Yep, okay. So this is called autolysis. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know, I just I just found that really fascinating. That basically, like, within, like, three to five minutes after you've died, your body is already decomposing. Yeah, and it's, it's trying to consume itself because it's suffocating. Yeah. And so you uh. immediately start getting these weird... Well, I'll get into it. So the second the second stage begins three to five days after death. And the gases build up from the first stage and yeah. cause the body to bloat. And the body can double in size. Like, it causes motherfucking bloating. And so, you know, remember when we were talking about the draugr and how they yeah. literally can change sizes? I imagine that that's probably an influential part. Oh, yeah. So this also leads to a bloody foam leaking from the nose and mouth, which I think is called purge fluid. Okay. And it is literally blood that's just sort of coming from your organs. Right, as things are liquefying and as yeah, things are liquefying. Gross. It's, re- it's really gross, but it's also kind of cool. <laughs> so at eight to ten days after the death, uh, the body turns from green to red as the blood begins decomposing. Hmm. And so you've got the body bloat, and then you've got that red color from the gorging on blood thing. Yeah. And then 
The third stage of decomposition is active decomposition. So this is where the soft tissues decompose, which leaves behind hair and bones and cartilage. Yeah. And then the fourth fourth stage is skeletonization, and that can take a huge, wide variety of time. Yeah, yeah. And basically, there are certain conditions, you know, the way the body is stored, or if somebody dies in cold weather in the winter. Right. Um, that can change which, like, you know, the three to five days, the eight to ten days, that can right, change that the when, whole cycle. Mm-hmm, when these things start. And so what appears to be normal decomposition changes. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so now we have an explanation for blood in the mouth, for the bloated red body, mm-hmm. for the appearance of hair and nail growth. That's, that's the skin receding. Yeah. And then there are also there's stories of of people who staked bodies mm-hmm. and they released a sigh or a right. scream or, you know, some kind of fresh appearing blood. And that's because of that bloating and yeah. that liquefaction of the innards. Yeah. Awful. Ugh. It's it's really gross, but it's also really cool because you're like, oh shit, that is exactly what that was. Yeah. So I think that's, it's cool. It's cool. It's horrifying. It's but really it's cool. upsetting, but it's yeah, really neat. It's very upsetting. And I don't know. I appreciate it. So the final thing is tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little more loose. So tuberculosis, also known as TB, also known as consumption. Oh. Is, yeah. So that's what consumption was, was TB. Okay. And it's a disease that's mostly focused in the lungs and mm-hmm. it's caused by the bacterium Myobacterium tuberculosis. Okay. Really on the nose there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's airborne. It's spread by coughing, sneezing, or talking. Gross. <laughs> and then I wrote clever bug because I am me. <laughs> <laughs> clever bug. Clever bug. <laughs> For the most part, the symptoms are... Oh, okay. So that's why I said clever bug because it's coughing and sneezing, but it's a bacteria that focuses in the lungs. Oh, yes. So it spreads itself with the way that it kills you. Yes, yes. So clever bug. Okay, I can see why I wrote that. I still kind of feel that way. I'm not that embarrassed <laughs> at myself. <laughs> For the most part, the symptoms are classic symptom sickness symptoms. So you know, fevers and chills and 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 sickness. Yeah. And of course, coughing, which can get as bad as coughing up blood. Oh, yeah. And chunks of lung and all sorts of nasty. It is horrible. And a lot of times folks with TB tend to lose a lot of weight. So you get all skinny and pale and Which is why it was referred to as consumption. Because it appeared as if the disease was wasting away the body. So it appeared as if you were being consumed by the the disease. Oh, I did not know that. That's crazy. So that's, that's why it was... That's why it was called consumption, which is really, really cool. That's a very and, gothic name. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the main reason it's an influencer of vampire lore, is you've kind of got that, like... Ghostly just, appearance. Mm-hmm. You've got this ghostly appearance, and then basically it would spread, and so a town would start getting it, and so they would assume that the first person that died of consumption was the vampire. Right. However, we're not going to get back into this for like centuries okay (laughs) yeah so that that's something to keep in mind for basically our last story (laughs) okay yeah we've been we've been going for a little while and it's a little bit late for you 
So it is unfortunately we could keep going, but there's no way we could finish the episode in a reasonable episode time. Okay. So this isn't going to be that short of an episode, but it'll be another like less than two hours episode. That's not yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure people will not mind because honestly, the reason that Oklahoma was a two hour episode is because it was a lot of stuff and we were on a schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We exactly. can go back to having, like, hour, hour and 15 minute episodes again. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just have a lot of vampire episodes. I hope you guys are really fucking prepped for vampires, because... I'm so prepped for vampires. We got so much vampires. All the vampires. Buffy. Ugh. <laughs> Buffy. <laughs> well, I think that's it. Is there anything we really need to, like, finish up with? I don't think so. Is there anything you want to tell the people? Anything I want to tell the people? No. Um, what do we have? Let's see. Blah, blah, Follow us on social media. You know, Palm Pitch Pod for everything. At Palm Pitch Pod. At Palm Pitch Pod. We have a Patreon. It's got actual benefits on it now. <laughs> and and more, more people contributing leads to more benefits. It's cool. It's true. That is true. We will definitely hook it up more if more people come in. Yes. And um and yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. All right. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Sad game.